Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yance. This is episode 86, and I'm going to talk about life in general. I'm going to talk about the Mortal Kombat movie. I'm going to talk about Falcon versus the Winter Soldier. We're going to talk politics, and then we'll end with a quote. So stay tuned. Okay, so the top story I want to talk about is social media in some ways. But what I really want to highlight this is as we have to stop attacking each other. And I mean that. I mean, the people, it seems like we just all want to fight with each other. Even, you know, Republicans want to fight with each other. Democrats want to fight with each other. Uh, you know, Marvel fans wanted to fight with each other. DC fans wanted to fight with each other. Wrestling fans wanted to fight with each other. They want to fight with the journalists. They want to fight with it. It's like we, we've got to stop being so adversarial with each other because nobody wins that way. We all win together. I really believe that. And I know some people are like, ah, what a kumbaya story that is, Justin. Wonderful. Oh, you want us to all... And I'm like, yes, why not? Why can't we be happy together? Why do we have to sit there and pretend like we all have to be miserable? I know we're all so stuck in the Darwinian vision of the survival of the fittest, but I don't think survival of the fittest works anymore. It works in animalistic places, um, you know, with animals, and it does work with us, but I think we can be better than that. If we're ever going to evolve... We need to evolve past that thought process and start thinking about how do I, how do we win together? How do we win together? And that's what I'd like to see happen. And I just, it feels like every time I I turn on social media, we're, we're just fighting with each other. I try to use social media to bring people together. You know, I, I mean, I, I, this is kind of going off topic because this isn't the wrestling show, but the wrestling show, I, you know, some people are upset at Dave Meltzer because he said something about Charlotte Flair. He didn't say anything about Charlotte Flair. He said something about the company and how they project onto Charlotte Flair. So they take his comments completely out of out of context. And it, and it upsets me. And it's just, you know, feeder, feeder for these people to do it. And if he did do something wrong, he has apologized. And it's like, you can apologize, but that's not enough. No, you must suffer. You must suffer. You must suffer. And it looks like we're always looking for, instead of justice, we're looking for revenge. And those are never the same thing. We want to almost be the executioner. I take you back to Batman Begins. He says, I will, you know, bring somebody to justice, but I will not be an executioner. I feel like we've forgotten that part. And now we are the executioner. We, we want, you know, people to be miserable. And it's like, some people make mistakes. Some people are young and, and they make mistakes. Um, I can't imagine growing up in this point in time when anybody can film anything and put it on social media and it's there forever. I mean, you're at your most vulnerable when you're younger. And now it's like, that's taken out of context because it's like, no, you must be a perfect human being now. And I just... I feel like we need to be more understanding of the empathetic. I feel like we're becoming more apathetic. And empathy is the thing that will solve us. Empathy 
will set us free. Empathy will make us a better people. We need to look at facts and see them for what they are and, and realize it and stop thinking that one is this. I mean, we're now a society, now a world where some people believe that the earth is flat. There's no scientific evidence to, to present that fact, but it's just like, well, I thought it up in my head, so it must be correct. And, it, and there's no changing those people. And social media is giving those people a platform to put that out there. And it's like, yeah, I agree, the earth is flat. It's like, there's nothing that says the earth is flat. There just isn't. It, it saddens me that we're not, that we can't be better than this. We need to be better, and we can be better. We need to take care of people that can't take care of themselves. Uh, you know, just, it's upsetting that we're not a better people already. We can be. We should be. We should all be hoping to help other people. And I, I just don't feel like we, we just, it's like it's all about me. It's about me. It's about me. Yes, I can see you wanting to succeed. Everyone wants to succeed. But we can all succeed together, too. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. And I just see this, you know, somebody says something on social media, that's it, they're gone, attack them. Attack them, attack them, attack them. Now, the Derek Chauvin thing has happened, and, you know, I, kinda, I, 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 I can't take pleasure in watching someone's misery. I just can't. I can't take pleasure, even though I, I know he's guilty and he should be. I can't take pleasure watching his life end. It doesn't, it doesn't bring me joy. Uh, the thing that I would bring me joy is seeing the system change. That's what needs to change. And if this brings about the system of change, then that's great. It's just sad that a human being, th th that it had to come to this. Why, why, we ha why does it have to be some inciting incident like this? Why does somebody have to die in order for something to change? Why can't we just change it to begin with? Now, I'm just asking questions here. I'm not, you know getting mad at anything, but I'm, I'm just kind of asking that question. It's like, why did it take a man getting, getting killed in, by suffocation like that? Why couldn't we have been, why couldn't we have changed it before that? Before these people died? You know, I, I, I still, you know, I, I, I want to ask, the, the, I wish somebody asked the Derek Chauvin guy, like, why didn't you put, why didn't you take your knee off of him for a second? Why, why did you? I mean, he was never on the stand, so we never saw that. You know, why, why, why weren't these questions asked? Why? 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 This is what I want to know. Why? And they're not asked. They're not being raised. These questions are not being raised. And I mean, just... It's sad. I mean, it's sad that, you know... George Floyd had to die for this. Why couldn't, why couldn't we have been better? And, you know, somebody did, you know, get him off him. Or the cop put his, took his knee off of him. I don't know. Couldn't the change have happened then? Why couldn't we have just changed then? Why does it always have to be that? It's the same thing with health care. Let's change things before they become problems. Let's be proactive. Let's see the problems before they become problems. It's like a landlord or something. It's like, oh, yes, there's a leak. Oh, well, we can just put something on there. 
and then they keep putting something on it and putting something on it until they realize they have to fix the problem or the whole house is going to fall apart. And I think that's where we are now, especially in the United States. I see it. It feels like you know, it's like it, it has to become such a hole in the boat that they have no choice but to fix it. Instead of let's look at these problems, let's fix these before they become big problems. Then we wouldn't have to be have. The, then people wouldn't have to die. I mean, it still upsets me that you know the the, the uh, Flint, Michigan thing with the water. Why is that not a bigger deal? Why is that not a bigger deal? I mean, it's it, like, why couldn't we fix that before it happened? Why weren't people paying attention before these things happened? Why does it always have to be that? And I just, I, I don't know. I don't have that answer. But I hope that by raising this question and, you know, having the courage in some ways to talk about this and say, what, what do we do? How do we be better? I think we can be better people. I think we can be better. We can be better before the problem happens. That's where we need to be. So that's my little bit of a rant on it. And I'm, uh, what I'm trying to say is we, we just got to stop attacking each other. We need to have empathy for each other. And we need to see the good in each other. See the light. See the light in each other. So that's what I've got to say about that. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about Mortal Kombat. Okay, so I just watched Mortal Kombat, the 2021 film. I got to say, really good effort. I'm not sure if it is superior to the. 1994 film or 1995 film, but there are things about it that I liked and things about it I didn't like. So let's talk about how this this was directed by Simon McQuad. I, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, he has done a lot of um, background uh, directing in uh, commercials. Uh, the it was produced by James Wan, who most of you know did the Saw films. Uh, especially the first film. The screenplay was done by Greg Russo and David Callahan. Callahan actually worked on the Expendable script, so you can see elements of that in this uh, film. Uh, it stars Louis Tan, Jessica McNamee, Josh Lawson, Tanabu Asano, Mirika Brooks, Ludi Lin, Chen Han, Joe Talsim, Hiroki Sanada, who you all know from Avengers Endgame, he's in that, and the music was done by Benjamin Wallyfish, which um, Benjamin Wallyfish he did uh, Blade Runner twenty twenty nine. Uh, I, I can't speak right now. Twenty forty nine. Shazam. It. It. Chapter two. The Invisible Man. Hidden Figures. A Cure for Wellness. I mean, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is one of my favorite films. So. I'm really enjoying his work, and he's a British composer coming up. So let's get into the film. I thought this was a, a valiant effort to look at um, what Mortal Kombat can be. They, they really were trying to build a franchise. Like, this was the start of something new. If you look at the, um, the previous films, neither one of them really got into the heart of Mortal Kombat because they couldn't really get into blood or, or gore or, or violence, you know, this all has that. There's blood and there's gore 
and there's language and it feels like the world of Mortal Kombat and it's got that whole feel of what it needs to of, of what it needs to be um you get the fatalities which that was never in any of the um the movie the previous movies and if you ever i mean this was a series the the video games became popular because they were the bloody games you would you would pass it in the arcade and you would see this game and you would see people doing fatalities and you would see wow what is that that and pit fighter pit fighter never went anywhere but mortal kombat did and it created this whole world i mean the the esrb came from that so many things came from Mortal Kombat. So this is finally, we have a movie that actually embraces that world and not just a, a studio film to be like, well, we need a licensed property to produce and make uh, a lot of money off of. Now this is done by Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema. New Line Cinema did the previous ones as well as, in, I think Warner Brothers had something to do with that as well. So this film, Interesting, interesting things they did here. They added a new character here who is not in any of the video games, who's supposed to be kind of the passenger for the regular cinema goer to, to watch and see and go, oh, he's taking us into that world. Um, my only problem is he's kind of written in kind of a bland way. But uh, the acting, I, w I was pretty happy with the acting. I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. You're talking about things that don't exist and it's a difficult situation. Okay, now this film came out on HBO Max, as well as theaters. I watched it on HBO Max. I kind of, you know, just darkened my room. It became my uh, little theater. But I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was fun. It's what Mortal Kombat needs to be. It, it can't go into this huge explanation of, of this and that. But, you know, it... I would have liked a little bit more of um, a Cohancer, but this is the beginning of something. It looks like they want to do a trilogy, a franchise through this. This is going to be a whole world-building thing. So as a start, this worked. Um, I like that they brought in a lot of Asian actors, you know, who were popular, you know, who can bring that, that world together. In the previous films, they just got a bunch of American actors and, and like dressed them up and said, hey, you be Raiden, you be this character. And it's like, it doesn't work. You need that, that real world. And you're only going to get that from the Asian culture, and you needed actors from that world. And they brought that world into it. Now I'm going to get into spoilers here, so uh, five seconds. One of the things I wasn't expecting was that Sub-Zero was going to be the villain in this film. And Scorpion was going to be the hero. In all the previous films, Scorpion has always been the bad guy, and Sub-Zero's kind of been a bad guy, but not a bad guy. If you know the uh, mythology of uh, Mortal Kombat, you're going to see. So they kind of flip that on its head. It begins with a flashback. And we find out that he will be like uh, Scorpion. So you're waiting for him to be Scorpion because this guy that you know, he's the lineage of this of the of the pre of the flashback that you just witnessed. I I like how they did Jax. You know, they showed how he got his arms and stuff. That was interesting. Sonya Blade had a lot of things. I mean, the person that really steals this show, and I think everybody will agree with me, is Kano. He just you know they just let him fly with this 
Josh Lawson, who just, you know, he really just owns it. He was in uh, House of Lies. He's an Australian actor, and he just commands the screen with this character. And I, I just found him a delight to watch. I mean, he's supposed to be the bad guy, and we're supposed to be kind of hating him but liking him at the same time. But he brought so much, you know, fun to this film. They didn't have a lot of guys that were fun to watch, and this guy was a lot of fun. Um, Kung Lao is in it. You, you've got Liu Kang. Liu Kang isn't the focal point. This new guy is, which is kind of what they, they didn't want to just kind of go over, traverse the same territory that the previous films did. So I like that. You have a new Shang Sun in this film. It, it did a lot of good things, right? My problem is there are points where it does get kind of boring and it's just kind of like they're not really explaining a lot of things. If you know Mortal Kombat, you'll get it. But if you don't know Mortal Kombat, you're kind of left in the dark. Oh, what was that? I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted to see a hint of Shao Kahn. I really want to see him done well. Get somebody who can really do him. Treat him like Thanos. He's your Thanos. Be, you know, but... I like the Sub Zero character. The guy, the, um, the character, the person who played Sub Zero, uh, Joe Talslim, Taslim, he did a great job of just like bringing in that you know sadistic killer side that we see at the very beginning of the film, and um, you know you got a lot of um, you know fan service here. I thought it was the perfect blend of what it needed to be. I know some people wanted more, but I was like, I didn't come in expecting the moon here. All I wanted was fatalities blood in the Mortal Kombat world. I knew this was a building of the world. So overall, I like this film. I don't really have a lot more to say about it other than I thought it was a really good try. And it really, you know, the music in it, I really like. Benjamin Wallifish, he just, poof, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He, he added so much to it. He's such a great composer. And um, you hear a little bit of the old Mortal Kombat theme that you've heard in the movies, but they kind of like, remixed it in some ways. But overall, I thought this was a good, a good movie. So that's what I've got to say about that. And uh, when I come back, we will talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not Falcon versus Winter Soldier, which in my head I keep saying that. I don't know why. And I'm scared I'm saying that in one of the things. But so, um, so stay tuned. Um, I apologize if I said once again, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Or I think I keep saying Falcon versus Winter Soldier instead of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is <laughs> foolish. But you know, I keep I keep making that mistake. <laughs> um, so spoilers, so spoilers here. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Let's talk some spoilers here. Actually, first before we go into spoilers, let's talk about this. Is a really great episode. This is the pinnacle. This was good. Watch it. I can't recommend it enough. I, I don't think I've watched one Marvel show that I would say that, no, don't watch it. Because they all flow well, and they're all really well written. Now we're going into spoilers. So five seconds. And here we go. Let's talk about this episode. This episode had a lot to pack. 
as this is the final sh- episode, and it uh, begins with, you know, they're all being held hostage, and it's really a big chase, uh, this whole episode. But um, Falcon, you know, comes in, and we see him, and he is Captain America. He's got the Captain America, you know, you know look, and he's got the wings, and I guess it was wings that was in the case, and, you know, they, they're off to work, him and Bucky. And even Sharon is back, and she's coming in to help... Um, help them, um, you know, get, you know, get the stuff. And Carly is, you know, she's determined to make her statement, whether she has to kill these people or not, which shows she's kind of a vigilante in some way. You know, she, you know, she, she's willing to, you know, kill people to get her point across. Um, we see Scott Walker come back, um, but he's actually a good guy this time. And, you know, he actually uses the shield for right. And the way he, you know, you kind of like him at the end of this episode. I was like, okay, you know. I see where he's um, he's going. But this was, um, this was good. This was good. It, it wrapped up everything. It showed, they put them in a situation where only superheroes could really de- deal with this. Deal with this problem at one point, you know. Bucky's going after the, the the van that has all the hostages uh, by motorcycle, and there's hostages and and helicopter, and Falcon is going after them, you know, with the thing, and we see the bird, you know, come in there and analyze it, and he has to talk to one of them and explain to them, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to take this guy out. You need to, you know, you need to be able to land this helicopter. Um really, you know, edge of your seat stuff. And at the end of it, you've got a great speech by, you've got a great speech by Falcon, really talking about, you know, showing, you know, he's explaining to them, he's like, you know, your prob- you are creating your own problems. You know, he called out the government for what they were doing, saying like, this is causing more problems than helping people. And, you know, put, you know, show that, you know, he really wants to be the mediator between the two sides. And it makes him different. And the image of Alkin holding Carly, as, because Carly gets shot by, um, by, um, I believe Sharon shot him. Shot her. And, um, killed, you know, kills Carly. And she says at the end, you know, I'm sorry. And this is just somebody who is really pushed to the brink. This is not a horrible person. And it's something to, for us to remember is that people, this kind of goes into the, the beginning of this episode, that people aren't just inherently evil. They're, they become evil. A lot of people become evil due to the situation. And there's more we can do. And Falcon did everything he could to help Carly. And it shows that he is truly the successor to Captain America, and everything here showed that Falcon did what a Steve Rogers would do, and it made it, it was great, just awesome. The, the thing that we did find out is that Sharon is working for somebody. We think she's working for Val, we don't know, um, but she's, you know, she was the power broker, but who is she, who is she breaking the power between the two? Um, and she's the one that kind of kills, um, Carly. And in some ways you could say it's to, you know, save her own. 
but this was this was good. Um, Scott Walker, you liked? I mean, they they just showcased the heroes in the best possible way, and they showed that Falcon is different. And you know, he he's gonna be somebody that stands for things. And at the end of the episode, he helps the you know the black uh, super soldier. You know, he helps him. He gives him. They show a statue and show that he'll always be remembered. He's always going to be remembered. So Falcon kept his promise. He he wants to be the hero to everyone. And I just thought this was such a good, such a good episode. It really it did. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I did kind of want a big bad to show up, but more and more I see these, I, I realize that it's not about the big bads. It's not about the big bads. It's this is this is telling a story that's going to lead into movies and things like that. And we know that now Captain America Four is in the works, so Falcon is going to have his chance to to headline the movie as he is now Captain America. And should we call him Captain Falcon? <laughs> should we just keep? Should we just call him Captain America? But this series really, they they covered a lot of tough topics. And we see at the end there, uh, Bucky goes to, you know, the old man who killed his son and tells him what happened. He's going to try and comfort the people that he hurt. And he gives the book back. He crossed out all the, all the people on the, the list. And he has come back to, to being normal. And he gave it to the therapist in like a little bag. So Bucky has regained his humanity. And Falcon knows that he is Captain America and he believes that he is who is and he did something that that a Steve Rogers would do. He would he would help that guy. Somebody who was hurt. And that you know they they touched on issues that you know that Marvel hasn't touched on like r racial discrimination. And this was just, it just shows how powerful these, the show can be. How powerful superheroes can be. And a message that can be made. Um, but yeah, I, th I thought this was, this was, um, yeah, this was episode six. So the next thing we've got is Loki. Be interesting to see where this, uh, where that goes. Is that leading to something that we haven't seen before? But yeah, Carly, um, we, we lose her, and it's um, and Bradley, yeah, who um, Isaiah Bradley keep calling him the black super soldier but his name is Isaiah Bradley and he first off we got to talk about his acting his acting was superb he brought so much intensity you believed him he was great that actor did a tremendous job and hats off to him and when he hugs Falcon after he sees that they gave him a monument it's such a heartwarming moment um, we see that Zemo is now in the um, in that like dome thing that uh, uh, that Captain America's ca crew was put in in uh, Civil War, 
So he's not dead, and it looks like he's probably going to come back. And he was reading a book. I don't remember what book he's reading. Uh, Val promoted um, promoted Walker to uh, agent. And most people know, as I said last week, Val is going to be, you know, she becomes Madame Hydra. So she's a bad guy. And poor Walker, I think, is going to be entwined in being a bad guy. And uh, Sharon at the end in the post credit was talking to somebody we don't know because she has regained her uh, her citizenship. And she's now another U.S. agent, so she got back what she wanted, but she looks to be playing both sides against each other. She is the power broker, I would say. Um, this is a great show, though. Really, I, I keep saying that, but I, I don't know what else to say. It is a great show. <laughs> it really is. Um, I did want a big bad, but you know what? This show shows that it's more than that. And they made Falcon, they made him a deeper character. They gave us, they they increased Bucky. They showed his humanity. We got so many great things. I can't wait for Loki. I can't recommend this episode enough. Watch it. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about politics. So let's talk politics. Top story. The Derek Chauvin verdict. I watched this live. Everybody was on their edge of their seat. And he is guilty on all three charges. So it does not look good for him. He is going to jail for a long time. A lot of people, a lot of my friends I talked to, you know, were very, you know, were black. They, they, they you know, said they cried. They, they really felt this. Oprah said this was a huge moment. And it is a huge moment. I hope this leads to systematic change. That's the biggest thing there. I kind of feel bad for him in some ways, but he did kill somebody. So, I mean, and then hearing the quote that, you know, he apparently, you know, he said, this is what we're going to do. So if that's true, then I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. If he actually said that, you know, I do feel like in some ways he's the scapegoat for change. But in some ways that's the way it happens. And I wish he was on the stand so somebody could ask him, why didn't you just take your knee off of him for a second? Why did you kill him? Did you not know you killed him? These questions were never, I don't feel, are answered. That's what I'd ask him. Hopefully maybe somebody writes a book asking him stuff. I'm sure that's what he's going to do. Now, I got to say he handled it well when uh, the three charges were in, then they revoked his bail, and he was just going to spend uh, the rest of it till sentencing in jail. I mean, that would have been a mess. But, uh, yeah, he's guilty, and he's going to jail, and who knows, 40, 50 years, he may never see the light of day again, as Brian Williams said. I can't take pleasure in watching somebody's life end, I, no matter how bad they are. It's just, you know, that's just the empathetic person in me. But I hope this leads to systematic change because it needs to happen. It needs to come from the top down. And if that happens, that's the best thing. And the attorney general is investigating the Minnesota police, so that's the best thing that can happen. So let's see where things go. Let's see... Let's hope this is the change that needs to happen. Because I hope it does. But it's an, ama uh, an amazing... Wow.
It's amazing. It's amazing it's taken this long for this argument to be made. But hopefully this will lead to change. And that's what needs to happen. Change. And that's all I can say about that. Floyd, George Floyd's life had to die, had to end, which is sad. There's no reason he had to die. No reason. All he had to do was lift his knee off. No one could, no one could sit for nine minutes and, and, and live through that. What if his life did have to end? I, I mean, at least it ends with with change. Being the person that may have been the final straw that said this world is going to change and the police will change. And let's hope for that. He did not die in vain. It saddens me that anyone had to die and anyone... It could have been avoided, and as I said at the beginning of this show, we need to be better than that. We need to see problems, and we need to fix the problem before it becomes a bigger problem. And that's what needs to happen. But it's sad. It so saddens me. It's one, I, I, I can't watch that nine minutes. It's so sad. But that happened. It's sad that, you know, it's just sad. It's a sad situation. But if this brings about change, as I said, that's the most important thing. And that's what needs to happen. So let's talk about something else that happened. Uh, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, has banned uh, a form of free speech. What a shock. Um, basically saying that um, if uh, a protester gets, you know, hit with a car or whatever, that, you know, they can... that they can be detained without trial for as long as they want. I mean, these things are not good. This voter restriction rights. We don't need to make making it harder for us to vote. We need to be making it easier to vote. I should be able to vote with my phone. I should be able to have my driver's license on my phone. That's where we should be going, not making things harder. And it seems like we just keep going backwards. And this thing with Ron DeSantis, I mean, hopefully it goes to the Supreme Court and it gets struck down because it's a complete violation of free speech and it's wrong. And let's hope that that happens. Uh, Matthew McConaughey in a poll is doing really well in the, the lead up for Texas governorship. Maybe he's the change. Um, I haven't heard enough about policy, but he seems to be more involved in policy than, than a rock. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what, what he does. If he is going to go this route, um, I, I, you know what would be great is if he ran as an independent and said, I'm not going to be a part of the Republican Party. I'm not going to be a part of the Democratic Party. I'm running as an independent. I hope that's what he does. None of these, none of these gangs. That's what needs to happen. Just run as an independent. Divorced of these people. That's, I wish Andrew Yang would do that in some ways. I mean, but, you know, they've made it so hard for people to do it. But maybe, you know, I think a Matthew McConaughey could get away with being an independent. I don't know if uh, an Andrew Yang can, but a McConaughey could. And I think this is the right way to go. Um, so that's about it. I mean, the, the, the big thing was the Derek Chauvin verdict that everyone has been waiting to hear. And um, Ron DeSantis banning that. 
basically trying to ban free speech. And then the McConaughey thing, I threw that in there as well. So let's end with a quote. This is from Oprah. Great woman. Some people hate her. Some people like her. You have to respect her, though, because amazing stuff she has done. Every time you state what you want or believe, you're the first to hear. It's a message to both you and others about what you think is possible. Don't put a ceiling on yourself. That is such a great quote. Really is. It says that you're the first to believe and disbelieve what you say. When you say it, you're the first to hear it and to say what you believe and go after your dreams and don't let somebody else tell you because it's your voice. So let's state this one more time. Every time you state what you want or believe, you're the first to hear. It's a message to both you and others about what you think is possible. Don't put a ceiling on yourself. This might be my favorite quote. I, this, this quote gives me the feelings right in here, and I can't tell you how powerful that is. So yes, every time you state what you want or believe, you're the first to hear it. It's a message to both you and others about what you think is possible. Don't put a ceiling on yourself. Oprah Winfrey, thank you. And with that, I think we're done with this show tonight. I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Let's try and be more empathetic. Let's be better people. Let's solve problems before they become problems. Let's see the problems and let's fix them. And let's not let them be a big deal. Let's be proactive. So I'm going to say that quote one more time. I really love it. Every time you state what you want or believe, you're the first to hear it. It's a message to both you and others about what you think is possible. Don't put a ceiling on yourself. Oprah Winfrey. And I want to say thank you for listening. Once again, can't thank you enough. And I want to say you can reach me at Justin Yance. And I will see you next time on the DMF. <laughs>